Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. My name is Kelly Jordan, and I'm the Leadership Development Manager at MOPS, and I'm excited today to uh, introduce to you my friend, Melody Lee. She is going to talk with us today about servant leadership and what it is. So, Mel, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. I'm always super glad to be able to have conversation with you, my friend. You are an executive leadership coach at MOPS. And so would you tell our leaders what that is exactly and what you do? I have the opportunity to do a couple of things as an executive leadership coach. Primarily, what I am doing now is working with coordinators and assistant coordinators through a new program that we have called the Cohort Community. So we launched this last fall. And uh, myself and three other executive coaches are available to coordinators and assistant coordinators to provide training and support and relationships. Um, And we meet as a, um, a small group community once a month. And so there's a different topic every single month. And then we also, the second part of the executive coach job is the opportunity to work with our volunteer team. So every cohort has a cohort leader who is a trained volunteer who has a heart and a passion for moms and leaders. So you get training, you get amazing opportunity to connect with other leaders, and then you also get a trained volunteer who is supporting you. So really the executive coach thing encompasses a lot of things, but primarily focuses on equipping the coordinator, assistant coordinator in the cohort community. Right. It's very much a community, right? The it community is, for sure. of leaders and how they work together. And I, what I love so much about it is that it is this community of people who it's very much like a MOPS group on a different kind of level. Sure. You, know, you go into MOPS and one of the things I love the most about a MOPS group is you sit at a table and you get to talk about what you're doing with your children and is this normal mm-hmm. and what do I do about this? And that's very much what this is, is coordinators get together and they get to talk about what's going on in their group right. and about how they're leading and sharing ideas to make their group stronger and to become stronger leaders themselves. Yeah. And they get an opportunity to connect with someone who's on our MOPS staff as well as some volunteers who are a little bit further down their leadership journey, who have some experience and tools in their pocket that maybe a coordinator and assistant coordinator don't have yet. Um, and so it is really, it was really fun this last year to hear um, all the things that these leaders were doing um, and all that God had asked them to do in the middle of a very hard year. And um, and so it was just, it was remarkable to be part of and have this opportunity to build relationship with one another and know that we're in it together. That's the other thing I think is so important about the cohort community is the community. We're all trying to do this and do it well for those that God has asked us to lead and serve. And so I would encourage you to get involved with the cohort community and find the support, find encouragement, and and have the training that will give you the tools in your pocket to lead your group well. That's great. How long have you been on staff at MOPS? (laughs) I just celebrated 15 years with MOPS um, on staff. Now, how long did you volunteer or when did you first come to your first MOPS meeting? My first MOPS meeting, uh, my daughter was three and she's about to turn 30, which is crazy. So Mm -hmm. 27 years ago, I went to MOPS for the very first time and it was life changing. It really was. And I became a leader 
through mops and someone saying, I see that you have potential to do these things. And then from that, I have have grown just tremendously. And it has been my joy to be on the staff at Mops for 15 years. I've done um, a couple of different things and working with volunteers has just been a heartbeat of mine because these ladies are right where, where you are. They started where you are. They started as a mom and a leader and God has an empowered them and equipped them to do their next, which right now is serving um, as a volunteer for MOPS and being able to take what they've learned and then give it back to other people. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, our stories are really fairly similar about coming right. to MOPS and we have children that are really very close. All of our kids are pretty close in age and um, to each other. But uh, I started when my son was three as well. And yeah. so 28 years ago and served in various leadership team positions and then came on staff with MOPS almost 14 years ago. So I wanted us to share all of that because I wanted, uh, as we walk into this conversation about what servant leadership looks like, we've seen leadership teams and just leadership in general from a lot of different angles, from being on teams, whether it was a MOPS steering team or being involved in something at our church Mm -hmm. or on staff from being on the team, from leading the team, from watching teams from the outside and kind of helping leaders walk through how do we make a team function really well. Uh, We spend pretty much our whole day, I think, thinking about or talking about leaders. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's important to understand that we, we've we seen leadership from all of these different perspectives. You and I are both really passionate about this idea of servant leadership and what it is and how it impacts a team. And we're still learning. Yes. Right? We, yes. We, uh, the thing about leadership is that you don't arrive, right? If you are a leader, a good leader, you are going to keep learning. You're going to lean into others, which we'll talk about the importance of others in this idea of servant leadership. But I think that's also one of the things that has been great about our relationship is that we have done a lot of leadership together. We have pushed one another. We have celebrated one another. We have cried with one another and um, and we have grown uh, with one another. And that makes us better leaders when you when you are in community with other people. Um, And so I think there's great value in that too, is to make sure there are people in your lives who are pushing you and celebrating you um, and causing you to grow too. Because I know that you and I feel the same way. We don't want to be the same kind of leader a year from now that we are today. We want to learn new things and grow and be better leaders in a year than we are right now. Right. Um, But as as we jump into this idea of servant leadership, I think the first thing that we have to understand is that servant leadership isn't a leadership style, but it is a leadership philosophy. Understand the Bible has a lot to say about this particular philosophy, so all of that is really important. But servant leadership isn't a leadership style. It is a leadership philosophy. Right. And the Bible has a lot to say about this particular philosophy. So I am going to read a couple of verses. First one is Mark 10, 42 to 45. It says this, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. 
and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that was Mark 10, 42-45. I want to read one more before we get into our discussion here. Philippians 2, 3-5 defines servant leadership this way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That is a great goal. We have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Sounds amazing. A little difficult to do. Yeah, there's some strong words in both of these scriptures. Strong words. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot of scripture that talks about how we're supposed to work with other people, right. how we're supposed to serve other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with those verses in mind, we're going to talk about what servant leadership actually looks like. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on how a servant leader values others, develops others, and takes responsibility. So number one is value others. Servant leaders value others. Servant leadership is all about serving other people, and it's difficult to be a servant when you view yourself as better than other people. So it's really all about our attitude, because that attitude fuels our actions. It's not getting results or having relationship. It's not choosing those two. It's getting results through the relationships that you have. So it's really this attitude more than it is action. Yeah, and it really is a heart posture, right? Um, when you think about your, your attitude, quite often stems from whatever your heart is feeling about a particular issue. And so a servant leader is going to recognize and accept that God has created each person that is on their team or whoever it is that they're serving with, with unique characteristics and unique giftings to be able to accomplish whatever the goal is that they're working towards. And so a servant leader will have this level of awareness that helps them understand those strengths, those weaknesses, and how they can work together and provide the best support um, for others um, that's going to help them maximize their own service as a servant leader, but also maximize the team impact um, as they're serving together as well. And so I, I appreciate what you said there about relationships because it's not really either or it's both and right. You've got to have the relationships as well as the actions to be able to accomplish the purpose. And there's, um, there's something very valuable about recognizing the uniqueness that, that people bring to your team. I also think that servant leaders in this aspect of showing value to people, Um, Our listeners, they're people who are um, listening for understanding and not to respond. So there's something very different about that, right? If we could all learn to really listen um, instead of 
trying to formulate your response before the person even finishes what they're saying. We're all guilty of that. But mm-hmm. um, when you really value people, you listen for understanding and you do less talking and more listening. That shows such incredible value. There's nothing better than being in a conversation with someone and feeling like they are really engaged with you and they really don't say anything until you're done. So a servant leader will will do that to be the person who is listening and listen intently and respectfully, which lays this amazing foundation of trust in relationship. And trust is the foundation for value and this longevity with teams and relationships and service together. Right. And, you know, if servant leadership is really all about attitude, which we we know that it is, that the attitude fuels our actions. You talked about how we're supposed to be respectful, how we're supposed to be um, understanding and aware of the other people around us. All of that, accepting of other people's uniqueness, all of that starts with your own attitude about the other person and about the work that you're doing together. And then the practical side of it is, that you get to understand their strengths and their weaknesses. That's where all of that understanding how other people work and and the things that they're really good at and the things maybe they need help with, that's where all of that comes in and that allows us to provide support for them. But it's very much about valuing the other people that are on your team Mm -hmm. and making others more important than yourself doesn't mean that you sacrifice the best interest of your team or your organization. It's really just the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, You are valuing the team and the ministry or the organizational goals over your own. And so that's part of what being a leader is about, is is understanding and working together towards a goal. That's what you're doing whatever that goal might be. And this is whether you're working with your family towards a particular goal, or you're working as the leader of a mops group toward a particular goal, or in the corporate world or other parts of ministry. All of it is understanding what the goal is and then valuing everyone's contribution to the goal. I also think that when you do this, And just what you're saying there is you've got a goal and an objective that you're trying to meet and you're showing when you show value, what it does is it unites your team, right? It unifies you towards your purpose. And um, I love what you said there. Um, It doesn't mean that you sacrifice excellence, but you put the interests of your team or other people ahead of your own. And that requires a lot of humility. And it's hard. Sometimes a servant leader is somebody who really does put other people first. So, um, but I, what I've seen, I think over time and experience is when you do that, it really does unify your team, which just makes you more effective in your service to the people that you're caring for. Right. And I, you probably have done this as well. I have served on teams where I didn't feel like I was valued where I didn't feel I was using my strengths well, where I didn't feel didn't feel like I was able to give my best to it. And then I've served on teams where I felt highly valued. Right. And we maybe still were able to accomplish the goal in both situations, but how I felt about the goal and how I felt about what we were accomplishing was vastly different. That's absolutely true. Very good point. Yeah. So I would rather serve on the team where we all feel valued. <laughs> right, right. I agree. (laughs) All right. So that was number one was value others. Number two is that a servant leader develops others. 
So a servant leader doesn't get caught up in titles necessarily. And there's a place for titles. There has to be in any team or organization, there has to be some sort of hierarchy. I mean, that's just the way that it works the best, but a servant leader doesn't get caught up necessarily in that, but she understands that God gifts each of us differently. And that one gift is not better than another. That's another part of scripture that we can go to. um, That it's very clear about um, the gifts are equal, but used in different ways. So Mel, talk to us a little bit about what it looks like to develop others. Yeah, the reality of leadership is that we really do need each other, right? Um, we we need the strengths that others bring that may be weaknesses in, in us. And so it really is not an us or them or me or her. It is together we are accomplishing this. And especially when you think about it in um, in the spiritual realm, we're doing it for the glory of God, right? More than anything else. So I read an article not too long ago that um, actually talked about uh, leaders um, are committed to the growth of other people. So they believe that people have this intrinsic value, right? Um, Beyond the work that they do. They're committed to both personal and professional growth and are concerned not only about the work or the task, but about the personal well-being of others. Now, I've seen this, um, I've had the opportunity to work with our volunteer team for many years, and I have seen this become very true and evident in the relationships that I have had with people on my team. They are um, more effective in their work if they know that I care about them personally. So finding the balance between the personal and the professional is really important. Um, And it also, what you're doing, you're also developing their leadership to be able to do that for their teams as well. So um, a servant leader is going to be um, focused on being her very best and bringing out the very best in other people. And it doesn't really matter who gets noticed more, right? So in, in all honesty, a great leader is going to make it so that the people on their team are seen and recognized for their work more so than their own. Um, and that's, that's amazing. Like you said, I've been on teams like that too, where, you know, we've, we've done a big project and the, the team leader is not the one who's celebrated. The people on the team are the ones who are celebrated for the work and the investment that they have made. And so no matter what kind of leader you are, or no matter who you lead, a servant leader focuses on the growth and the welfare and the well-being of those following them. And so I think that is a really important part. It really becomes about putting others before yourself. And much like that scripture um, in Philippians said, you know, we don't do anything out of selfishness or vain conceit that we value others above ourselves. And so I think that's part of developing others is recognizing that as a team leader or somebody who's leading them, um, you're striving to bring out their best and develop them so that they can develop others. Right. Well, and the fact is that the only way a servant leader succeeds is by helping others succeed. Yeah. So leaders succeed when their team succeeds. The leader doesn't succeed on her own. I think that this idea of bringing out the best in others and developing others All of it sounds great. And for some people, it's a very natural thing. It's just their natural bent. 
For others, it's not. And if it's not your natural bent, that's okay. But to be a great leader, you have to make it your bent, <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. that means, whether it's um, putting up signs to remind yourself, I have a little post-it note on my desk. It's been there for years that says, bring out the best, mm -hmm. just to remind me that I need to bring out my own best and also bring out the best in people that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. So servant leadership is about a leader serving others so they can then serve others. Yeah. You're empowering. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing I think that ties to this is that when you empower people, release them to do it. Um, and I think a servant leader will do that. Equip your people, develop them and all of those things, empower them and then release them to do the work. I heard recently this um, quote, it said, shout, praise, whisper, criticism. And this is the perfect posture for a servant leader celebrate the people on your team, empower them, and then let them loose. So yeah, it's very much the same policy in your home and with your family <laughs> True. and with your friends, shout the praise. Now the criticism right. has a place because part of developing others um, means that you have to give feedback. And so there has to right. be some feedback. So it has a place, but it just does. praise be louder. Mm -hmm. um, you and I are fans of the blog leadership freak. Yeah. <laughs> and a while yes. back, there was a blog that they did about practical ways to serve others so that others could serve others, right? So the, the number one practical thing I think in a team is to make a team a safe place to serve. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching other people's backs, you're giving them the freedom to give themselves in service to others. Mm -hmm. If you create this environment where it's okay to fail, if you're going to fail anywhere, fail here. Because then we're going to work together to turn things around. We're going to try something new. If it doesn't work today, we're going to try something new tomorrow. So make it this safe place to serve because that gives others the freedom to use their strengths well and to develop their own weaknesses. Yeah, totally. And again, if they feel like it's safe to fail, there's a level of trust that is also built in that, which is so important. Another one um, from a practical standpoint is to adopt an outward mindset. Um, take the perspective of others before making decisions. So I, I think you and I have both been on teams too, where we've been in, in a meeting or on a project and the, and the person leading already has a plan, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you take the mindset of really listening to other people's perspective before you make decisions, again, that fosters this level of trust and unity. Um, and it makes it easier for everybody else. As this, as the leader, remove any roadblocks that might actually come um, for someone. Um, don't create the roadblocks, right? Remove them, right. don't create them. Um, create opportunities for service and for people to thrive um, in whatever the project or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So remember the people that you're trying to serve, like whatever the goal is, have a mindset that keeps that group of people in front of you and then remove any obstacles for getting things done because those people, especially when you're talking about relationships with Jesus, those people need to hear about Jesus. So remove everything out of the way so that you can get to that. So it's again about the atmosphere, this atmosphere yeah. of safety and atmosphere that mm -hmm. we're looking outward. I think a third practical tip is to really expect the people on your team to fully engage with whatever your mission or vision or goal is. So servant leadership is not about 
just giving up what you value or what you believe is important so that you can accomplish other people's goals. So that's not what it is. It's the attitude that you have while you're working towards a goal. So the mission, the vision, the goal is important. And that mm -hmm. needs to be, you've decided at some point, this was our goal and it's important to us and we're moving towards it. So servant leadership isn't about giving that up right. um, for someone else's goal. It's about creating a place where people can work together to accomplish it in a way that really values them and still accomplishes the mission. Right, right, for sure. Um Respect, number four, another thing, uh, respect your impact on others. Um, Self-absorbed leaders see everything as it impacts them. So um, you, we need this level of respect for other people on our team, right? So it's really important to, um, to respect others. Um, don't be so focused on your own um, ideas and thought processes that you miss what others are bringing. Uh, to the team. So make sure you respect the people um, and the impact that you have on your team as well. Right. So your heart posture, your attitude is going to drive a lot of how other people come into your project or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So make sure you check your heart at the door, <laughs> your attitude at the door, um, and come with this mindset of we are a team and we are doing this together. Right. If you're on a team, and especially if you're the leader of a team, your attitude is going to drive the attitude of the others on the team for, for sure. good and for bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so true. Like you said, do a little check of yourself. Yeah. Um, and that moves us to our fifth one, which is to be willing to laugh at yourself. Don't take things too seriously. Right. There are times where we're working towards very serious goals. We have a very serious mission, but it's okay to have a little fun, but we have to not take things so personally and so seriously that we get stuck in it because sometimes if you if you make a mistake it's hard to move away from it because you're just thinking about that mistake and we already said you need to respect the impact you have on others so we get caught up in the impact and we're not able to move forward it's okay to put those behind you and to move forward yeah this next one i really like too um commit to courageously not know Right. So um, growth and learning include not knowing. So when you're in a planning meeting or you're working with a team, it's OK if you don't have all the answers. It's OK to say, you know, I'm not sure. Let's dig into that and see what we can find out. We don't have to come into service and serving others with every I dotted and every T crossed. I think a lot of times that takes away the opportunity for God to really do something um, that will grow you as a leader or as a group. So it's okay if you don't have all of the answers. Maybe take the posture of what is it that we all need to learn through this process? Because there could be an amazing growth lesson uh, in front of you. Um, so it's okay to not know. Right. And a, a good leader is willing to say, okay, I don't know enough about this, but Sally over here on my team knows a lot about it. Yeah. So be willing to learn from others on your team. Yeah. And if there isn't an expert on your team, go find one, right. learn something new together. Uh, you know, if we never, if we decided, well, I'm not going to have a conversation with this person because I don't, I don't know everything about it. I, I don't know where it's going to go. I'm not sure how I'm going to answer questions. We would never have a conversation. It's true. So we've got to be willing to say, I don't know, but then the next step is, but let's find out. 
Well, that was commit to courageously not know. That's a good one. Yeah. The next one is make it easy for others to bring their best selves. I love this one. And yeah, this I think this one could stop right here because oh, this yeah. is really good one. This yeah. is really good. And it goes along with some of the things we've already said about make mm-hmm. it this safe place. We want to protect others so they don't necessarily have to protect themselves. You know, be someone's advocate. Would you talk a little bit about that? What it, what does it mean to you to say, let's be someone's advocate? You need to let people know that they're supported, that you love and that you care about them. And it also means that you believe the best of them. Um, that instead of thinking, you know, they may not measure up or they're not going to be able to do this, it goes back to even what we were just saying about empowering people, training and equipping and empowering them and then releasing them. It really means that you're speaking well of them. You're believing the best about them. You're their champion, no matter what. And I have had some great, you know, leaders over me who have done that. And I've had just as many who have not. And the ones who really do that are the ones that make me feel like I can do anything in this work. And that's exactly what we want to do. We want to advocate for people to realize their own potential, to step into places of leadership they never thought that they could. And as someone who has a servant leadership heart is always going to be the person who's going to be their champion, even when they have to have hard conversations about things that may not be working well they're still going to have this basis of trust, um, knowing that they care is just going to make them more effective for you. So be their champion, believe the best, speak well of them to other people um, and acknowledge, you know, acknowledge what is happening in their lives and the growth that you're seeing to others, not just them. And I think that's really important when you work in a ministry or an organization where, you know, everybody's do trying to do their best work, but you don't always see what some of the other teams are doing. So if you have the opportunity to brag on someone and celebrate them, do that because not only does it raise awareness for everybody else of the work that's being done, it does something inside that person. It just validates them and just makes them feel so valued. And and that's a big part of being someone's advocate, that you're their champion. And that's really important when you're the leader. Yeah. And that's the kind of team other people want to serve on. Right. That, you know, when you're looking to find new people to serve alongside you and come onto your team, when they see that that's the kind of a team that you've developed, that's the kind of team they want to be on. Right. Right. They're best and they're supported and encouraged. And those are all great. Thanks. That's great. The next one is be rigid with values and kind during interactions. I'm going to read that one more time. This one could be like a whole podcast, a whole series of things all by (laughs) itself. I'm going to read it one more time. Be rigid with values and kind during interactions. Yeah. So I can hold and I do hold certain values, certain beliefs that are at the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be asked to compromise those. And I shouldn't right. need to compromise those. But I can hold those as passionately as I do, but still be kind to someone who is not as passionate about it as mm-hmm. I am. I agree. I think that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves is people who are not kind to others. Um, because it is okay for us to agree to disagree on things. Um, because there are like, think, like you said, there are things that, that are core values to who I am, core, core values to, you know, who 
you are as an organization, wherever it is you're leading, those things are important and you don't waver from, from them. But there's no reason that you cannot agree to disagree in kindness and love. Um, and that that's that is hard in some circumstances, um, but it's so necessary to everything else that we're talking about. Uh, kindness goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And the next one, actually, you know, it, it, all of these just go hand in hand, right? When we talk about this, but the next one is practice vulnerability by letting others know the impact of their performance on you. Leave a little bit of yourself in conversations with other people. And this goes right to kindness, right? So let people know that, um, that what they're doing means something to you. So I I think we're scared sometimes to be vulnerable with people because there's not a level of trust. That's where that comes from. If I don't trust you enough, I'm not going to show you my, you know, most deepest parts um, because I just don't, I don't feel safe with you. So again, we're tied to all the things we've already said, but if you as the leader can lead the way for your team in that, Um, it's going to make it easier for them to do it with you. It's like what we said before, shout praise, whisper criticism. Um, And so leave a bit of positivity and uh, a little bit of your heart and yourself in all of the conversations you have with the people that you're working with. That last phrase, leave a bit of yourself in conversations with others. I want our listeners to think just for a minute. I'll bet there's somebody in your life that you immediately think of when you hear that Mm -hmm. phrase. Who in your life leaves a bit of themselves in each conversation with you? Um, And what impact has that had on you? Because Mm -hmm. then that gives you this encouragement to turn around and do it for others. Mm -hmm. And again, it may come very naturally to some people and to others, you have to think it through Mm -hmm. and sharing that encouragement with someone else. um, It doesn't matter if you have, if it's spontaneous or if you have to plan it out, it has the same impact even if you have to plan it out and remind yourself to do it. So whatever you need to do, that's a good thing. Um, Yeah, so true. Yeah, our next one goes along with that a little bit, and that is to be grateful Mm -hmm. when others express gratitude to you. So as the leader, first of all, be grateful for what your team is doing, for what others are doing that's moving you forward towards your goal. But then also be grateful when others express gratitude to you. You know, when someone comes and thanks you for your service, to be grateful back to them. That's the harder part, right? Right. I learned this lesson early on as a mom. Somebody told me, it's like, when you don't learn to receive gratitude from someone, you rob them, you the person of the blessing of being able to give it. And I thought that's a kind of an interesting thing. It's like, that's a maturity lesson. I feel like we have to learn that, Um, Even if we think it wasn't a big deal, learning to accept someone's gratitude is part of our growth. And it's a blessing for them to be able to even express to you their gratitude for what what you've done. So as small as you might think it is, receive it so that the other person feels like um, they've been able to express what they need to you know, about what you've done. It's important, really is. The last one actually is relax, stay curious about people. And I think this is, again, all of what we're talking about here is foundational for relationship building. Um, Get curious about the people who are on your team. What makes them tick? What is it that um, irritates them? Why are they, you know, maybe coming with um, an attitude of frustration? Um, So get curious about 
who they are and what they bring to your team, to your project, to whatever it is that you're working on together. And relax, exhale, it's all going to be okay. If things don't go exactly the way you planned, it's okay. Because God's gonna get the glory with your effort, your um, your commitment to excellence, the ways that you're working on relationship building, the ways that you're working to create a unified team to accomplish a purpose, all of that is going to come together, whether or not it comes together the way you planned it or not. So take a minute and just take a deep breath and exhale. It's all going to be okay. Those are some great practical things. And as we talked through them, it just kept coming back to me. It's all so much about your attitude, right? Practical things that you can do to make sure that your attitude is in the right place. Because again, servant leadership is really about an attitude and then that attitude is looked out in our actions and how we right. interact with the people on our team. Uh, now, before we go on to number three, so far we've talked about valuing others and developing others. I want to stop for just a second and just acknowledge the fact that we are still living in kind of this odd little COVID place. I don't even know that I can say at the time that we're recording this that we are post-COVID. I feel like right. we're still in it because things are always changing. And um, there are still always just a lot of questions about what's coming next and what will happen next. And um, so I'd like for us to think just for a minute, what have we learned from the experience of COVID that we can move forward with? What have we done intentionally this last year to show up and to encourage others and to value and develop others? And that we need to keep doing? What do we need to keep doing? So um, what do you think, Mel? What have we learned over the past year that we need to embrace? Um, I think prioritizing people. Um, we, we found out quickly how desperately we need people in our lives when we were forced to be isolated from them. And so what, what I saw many of our leaders do um, as we were meeting in cohorts and talking about, you know, ways to stay connected, that that they were prioritizing people and relationships with intentionality, which meant that they were finding ways to connect, even though they could not physically be together. Um, Zoom has become, you know, one of our best friends, right, and our greatest resources, or um, Facebook live events. And I was just so impressed by all of you leaders who are listening. Um, so impressed by your creativity, by the intentionality with which you were working to continue to be in relationship with the moms in your care. And I think if if nothing else, we were reminded of the importance of people in our lives. Um, you know, God created us to be in relationship with one another. We were not meant to be alone. We were not meant to do life or leadership or motherhood or any of those things alone. And so one thing I think that I have seen and I'd love to see us move forward is this ability and intention to prioritize the people in our care. We watched leaders and we learned ourselves through our own personal leadership and our own personal lives over the last year that we really can do hard things. Absolutely. And that, and that if we're willing to set our mind to something and, and set our attitude into the right place, then we can connect mm -hmm. even when we're being told, okay, don't connect. Right. <laughs> um, right. We found ways to do it. Right. We found ways to make it work. 
And I think that's what's so great about the MOPS leaders that we know is that MOPS leaders just make it work. Mm-hmm. They they face the opt- obstacles. They don't run away from them. They face them. And sometimes you go over them. Sometimes you go around them. Sometimes you go through them. But right. you don't run from them. And that's right. what I have loved from watching MOPS leaders over the past year, how creative right. and tenacious mm-hmm. and just bold they can right. be. They took what was available to them and they... Um, they made it effective in its simplest form, which mm-hmm. I think is actually a really good thing for us to remember and carry forward, right? Because we love all of the niceties of an in-person MOPS meeting, right? Everybody likes a good egg casserole and everybody likes that somebody else made them breakfast. So I, I'll be the nice. first to admit that, right? So there's part of me that says, don't mess with some of those things. But we also found that we can we can do mops in a really effective way, in the simplest way possible. Basically, what we've done is we remembered why we're doing it at all, mm-hmm. right? And the why behind all of it is to connect people to each other and to connect them to Jesus. And so we found ways, like you said, and I love that we're tenacious. Over and over and over, we have seen leaders be tenacious in their planning, in their purpose, in their execution, all of those things through COVID. And it has been amazing Mm -hmm. and so encouraging and exciting, you know, to watch our group leaders really and really serve well. Do they're doing exactly what we're talking about. They found a way to serve others well through this big crisis. And it's been amazing to watch. And I think that leads us well into our number three point. And that is that a servant leader takes responsibility. Mm -hmm. So servant leadership is not about being passive. It's not about being meek or letting others kind of run over you. That's not what it is. Right. Our attitude is one of love and service, Mm -hmm. but we're still the leader. We still have to sometimes make difficult decisions or have tough conversations. And so servant leadership is willing to take responsibility. All of the conversations we have, even the difficult ones should be focused on others and not on Mm ourselves. So I want to take just a minute and compare what a self-centered leader does compared to what a servant leader does. Nobody right. wants to be the self-centered leader. No, no, we do not. <laughs> but, but I think I, I, I will admit that I have been that before. Yes. You know, and I I'm guilty. Is, I think that's where we tend to land if we're not yeah. careful, if we're not being intentional about it. For we sure. Can, we can land in the self-centered leader spot really easy. Oh, yeah. So, so the first one is the self-centered leader thinks about I. How does this impact me? How does this make me look? How can I benefit? Now, in leadership, hopefully there are some benefits for you as the leader, but the servant leader thinks about how her decisions impact others. So others is always the focus, where the self-centered leader is more focused on I. Um, A self-centered leader needs to be right. Um, So rather than explore other people's ideas, they focus on being right. Um, the need to be right tends to make you more wrong. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> so let me just say that again. The need to be right 
tends to make you wrong. So the servant leader takes the posture of you are more important than me. Your ideas are more important than mine. And servant leadership really requires humility and this confidence in yourself to recognize that someone else's success is not a threat to your own. Okay. Um, Stop there for a minute. <laughs> Because this is huge. It's and really I think big. especially in the circle of women in leadership. Yes. Is that someone else doing something well is not a threat to you doing something well. Right. And me saying to you, you are so good at this, does not make me bad at it. Right. Oh, so true. It reminds me actually of uh, actually one of my favorite books that I've read recently, Why Her by Nikki Kosiars, Yep, is all about this because I don't know if you realize this, Kel, you do, because I've known you a long time. Our comparison game as women and moms is real strong. Like Ooh, we're yeah. real good at the comparison game. But this idea of recognizing that someone else's success or strengths does not threaten yours. I mean, this is, again, we're back to Psalm 139. And I, again, I'm guilty. I live in the guilty space here that I have to remind myself that God has given me gifts and abilities that are different than yours, my friend. And we've known each other a really long time. And I have nothing but respect for the leader that you are and the strengths that God gives to you. And it's not always the same as mine. And so it doesn't mean that you are better or than mm -hmm. I am because we need each other. We need each other's differences to make us better together. And so if we have got to, as moms and leaders, drop the comparison game and celebrate, like we talked about before, be each other's advocate, be each other's champion, because this mom job is hard. And we are all just trying to do it to the very best of our ability with the skills and the tools that we have in our pocket. So if we can learn to step out of that comparison of someone else's success being, you know, better than mine and focus on um, other people, that's going to move us away from this self-centered posture. That's a good one. A good a one, really good one. It could be its own podcast. Too. It could. We have a lot that could be. <laughs> we have a lot. <laughs> well, and you and I obviously very feel very strongly we about do. that because we. I mean, we can see each other. I know the listeners can't see us, but we both sat up straight. We were ready to take that one on because so we, just, we see it. We see it played out we in do. both the negative and the positive, and right. so. Right. It just, it's so important. I think some of it too, Kelly, is that we're moms who are a little bit further down the mom journey. Mm -hmm. And so we've experienced it as the young mom, but now we're looking at it through a different lens. It can be so destructive if we don't find a way to stop it. And so we, and it's a choice. We get to choose to celebrate others or to lose ourselves in, she did it better than I did. And it's, that's, that's something we just have to continue to work on. Right. Yeah. Well, the next one about a servant, a self-centered leader, a self-centered leader ignores criticism. They take offense and they tend to turn it around on other people. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do my job because she didn't do hers. If she <laughs> would have done this better and I've done it and I just, I, I just feel so bad that I've done this. I've done it too. That's I why I was laughing. I'm thinking I've done it recently too. 
And so, you know, you just think, okay, well, I, I could have done it so much better if this would have happened. And so instead of owning it, we take offense to it. But the servant leader accepts and explores the correction. We learn a lot from our mistakes. We learn a lot from the things that didn't work exactly like we thought they were going to work. We learn really valuable things from that. And so a self-centered leader writes it off and goes, eh, you know, they just ignore the criticism and they ignore the feedback. Mm -hmm. But the servant leader accepts it and explores how they can use it to become better. Yeah. So the last one here in this self-centered leader, um, a self-centered leader seldom says thank you and rarely recognizes the contribution of others. The servant leader makes gratitude part of the culture. And we talked about gratitude just a little bit ago. She seeks out opportunities to thank and to celebrate others. This is so important for your team. Your team needs to hear you say, thank you for your work on this project. Thank you for leaning into this really hard conversation. Thank you for staying open to things you don't understand. When someone says that to you, man, it fills your cup. And I've been through, you know, some leadership change, even in the last year that has been really hard. And when someone has says, says, thank you for staying the course or thank you for holding the hard stuff, it makes you want to continue to work hard and makes you want to continue to invest well because others are acknowledging the fact that maybe some things have been hard or the culture around is changing. And so you as the leader, make sure you learn to prioritize this and say thank you. Acknowledge people's contribution um, because you know everybody likes a party and everybody likes to be celebrated, so do that. And I know I've already said this twice already, so it's obviously really important to me. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes that comes really naturally. It does. You know, it's very easy to say thank you. And it's very easy to call out the really celebratory things that you see in other people's lives. For other people, it's not. Um, but here's what I think. That if you think a positive thing in your head, say it out loud. Let yes. it come out of your mouth. I saw that work that you did. And I know other people may not have seen it. It was kind of behind the scenes. But I saw it. And I was impressed. Or I saw the way that you stopped for a minute to, to talk to that woman who walked in and didn't know anybody. I saw that you moved from your chair or left your group of friends to sit by that woman who was by herself. So if you see it and you think it and it's positive, then say it out loud. Yeah. Sometimes directly to the person, it can be a really quiet celebration. Sometimes you need to say it to the group. Yeah. Uh, sometimes this is part of advocating. Sometimes you need to say it outside of the group. Mm -hmm. Say it to your pastor or to other people that are involved in your ministry or say it to friends and family, whatever. Just say it out loud as a way of just really celebrating the people yeah. that you serve with. And that goes back up to our one about comparison. Saying mm -hmm. positive things out loud is not a threat mm -hmm. to who you are as a leader. Right. It means that you are serving, that you have that servant leader heart. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. servant leadership is about others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we try and make it about who we are. And that's not what it is. It's about others. Right. So Mel, before we wrap up our conversation today, is there anything else that you would like to say to our leaders or about this topic that we haven't already talked about? 
You know, one thing I would say here is that if you're listening to this, you are likely a leader. And if you're listening, you want to be a good leader um, or you wouldn't have listened all the way to the end. And so, first of all, I want to just encourage you and commend you for your commitment to excellence, um, your commitment to your own personal growth, because your own personal growth and heart posture will be the things that lays the foundation for the rest of your team. And so the fact that you're listening and leaning in to what it looks like to be a servant leader, you've already taken an amazing step forward. And so I applaud you for that. And I'm so proud of you for stepping into that. Prioritize people over everything else. The tasks will get done. But the relationships with people are foundational. You have to have a level of trust and put those people first. Um, and that's really going to help you build a strong foundation to be a servant leader. The one thing that we didn't mention earlier, Kel, was a servant leader is not someone who just tells other people what to do. A servant leader is doing it with them. Um, so there's one thing that's really important about empowering and delegating and releasing people for sure. But somebody who is a servant leader isn't going to ask someone on their team to do something that they wouldn't be willing to do themselves. And so again, that's this growth posture and this attitude to say, I'm in it with you. And so a servant leader is going to lead the way and so I encourage you to do that. Be a leader who leads like that, leads by example, leads by doing, leads by loving and investing in people. And when you do that, you're going to have some amazingly strong teams and amazing opportunities to share the love of Jesus through the way that you serve people. Jesus is our ultimate example for everything and, and definitely an example in this idea of servant leadership. He is the only one that led perfectly. Servant leadership does not require perfection. It just requires faithfulness. Paul encourages us in Galatians 5.13. He says, for you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Servant leadership isn't about what you do. It's about how you think. It's about your attitude and how that then is played out in your actions. Servant leaders lead with Jesus as their example and with others in mind. And so here's my encouragement to you. Let's focus on leading like 